I'm here. Yep, waiting on the other two guys. How I, how I beat them, and I'm in the car. I know. I don't even want to know. Um, yeah, we got to do a we got to do a CBA version because um, I've been I've been looking, you know, from Twitter, Instagram, and my regular group chats. So I probably know more about the CBA than the regular people in my group chats and some of my basketball guys. All right, we got Bam like, in here now. We're just waiting on we're just waiting on Eve, and then we're re- and then we're ready to go. But I think that. You know, the normal people don't understand what the ramifications really are with this new um, CBA. So when I see them say, oh, we should trade a pick for a vet. And I'm like, you do realize our whole roster is vets. We don't have any young athletic talent. Yeah. So in in a loaded draft, you need those cheap contracts so that you don't be the first apron or the second Abrams. Yep. Like it just it just doesn't make sense, like, how people don't understand, like, okay, if you go get Dane, you're giving up assets, you're giving up bridges, that's going to be the first thing they ask for, and it wouldn't be Cam Johnson because of the sign and trade within you hard-capped. People just not doing it. Like, it's almost saying all the teams that built for the three stars or the two stars and a half, you stuck. Yep. I, uh, I, you guys I think, your, uh, do you guys want to give some initial thoughts before we start? Yeah. Well, about Kevin Ali joining? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know a lot. I'll listen to you guys. Okay. I love the hire. Um, you know, it also stops the narrative that I don't even know how we got out there that the Nets don't hire um, African-Americans or minorities when pretty much since they got to Brooklyn, the GMs have been minorities. I, I, I really don't get that. Um, but as far as Kevin Ali, I mean, think about it. He's been a journeyman vet, so he understands different philosophies, different systems, and he's a leader of men. I mean, he won a national championship, and from everything that you see, players are, are um, big on him and his character and his influence. It's hard not to. It's hard not to like this one. This is probably the best hire for me in a while. It's also hard not to see that this guy is probably going to be the next head coach of the Nets. <laughs> but he almost was the Pistons coach. It just at some point, this guy will be named interim head coach of the Nets. But we don't. But we also don't know who's going to be his lead assistant yet. And this is a Jack Vaughn hire. Like I didn't realize they went to high school together. I think they're from like the same California. LA. Yeah. Yeah. Area. So that, I'm I'm happy to see that that this ain't Sean Marks putting people in place. You know, it's, I I kind of caught in the middle about like the cap conversation. You know, I, I need to dive deeper into it myself because from, like, the the quick – the first thing that always comes to my mind is what was in this for the players? It, oh, it's, uh, it's horrible for the players. So it took the middle class out. So let's just say – Yeah, it, destroy, the it destroyed the middle class. So the Cambridge the, – the, 
the Mikel Bridges, those $23, 25000000 million deals, you won't have too many of those. You may have one play on your team making 25 with the stars. So the people that would have made 25, they now probably make 15. So you might get Claxon at the same. Which is crazy. Because the yeah, stars I, are basically I mean, going to get. Yeah, they're going to continue okay. to get there. Yeah, they're going to get at least 50 million now. If you're a real star coming out of your rookie, like after you get your rookie deal, you at least are going to make 40, 50 million dollars per season. You know, I, I talked about it briefly with uh, Nate Jones, Jones on the NBA on Twitter. Yep. Who's pretty connected and, you know, to sports and Lillard. I think they have like a business together. The, the, and I said this to him, I said, what, what was in this for the players? And he basically just said something to the effect of, well, there's a minimum now and there's a tax if you don't hit the minimum. That's been there, though. That's called the floor. But yeah, so I didn't like really have him elaborate because I was like, they got the licensing, the... so they finally got a piece of the licensing. Yeah, which even it, which they never was... had before. Oh, okay. I still feel like this was a great deal for the owners. I it think. was. It was awesome. I mean, it, I mean, it also, it also basically. I don't really get it from any perspective because it also. I mean, it, it more or less created a salary cap in basketball. I mean, but it's it stopped the owners from paying those big luxury tax bills and it stopped them from overspending. So like, imagine if this, if right. This was... So it saves the owners from themselves really. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's a, I think it's a disaster. I mean, look, the players like have been losing with in the NBA for a while. And this is, I think, I think this is going to have like crazy, crazy ramifications. Like Kool-Aid, what you were getting to about, about the middle class, I think it's going to be like eviscerated. I mean, I mean, if you're uh, unless teams just decide that they're going to give up on their own guys, like if you have a salary cap that's whatever one seventy or one sixty or whatever it is, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both making sixty million dollars a year, I mean, it's pretty so hard set- to fill out the rest of the roster, especially. And, and by the way, it also penalizes you if you draft well, because yeah, because if you try to keep your own guys on these on these big deals. Like you're gonna be quick. You're gonna be into the tax before you know it. Like, I, but what I, I, I like Bill what, Simmons what made I, this point, and I thought it was a good one. It's like if you're the Thunder, yeah. it's like if you're the Thunder, yeah. you have Shea, Giddy, Chet, uh, what whoever they pick in, whoever they pick in this draft, the new Jalen Williams. Like, I mean, like, like at a certain point, how many of these guys are you going to be able to pay rookie max like extensions to? You really have to evaluate the impact of the player, right? And I think if you're a smart GM, because you know it kicks in next year, like I know you, I know like you know when we talked about Cam Cam Johnson, and everybody's like, well, when the new CBA money kick in, that's fine that the new CBA money is kicking in, but you have to look long term and really say, hey, when I give this contract out, you got to give it out knowing you expect that play to be with you for four years because you just can't assume now, oh, this is a movable X, Y, Z. It might not be. But if you can get the deals done early where then they look like steals when the money come in, like the bridges, you won. 
Yeah, so it almost feels like to me they needed to also renegotiate how rookies can be paid. Yeah. So that you can sign them earlier, right? Yeah, they need to do it base like in baseball, like part of the reason why everyone's been really jealous of the Braves, for example, is because the Braves have basically been locking their rookies into these deals that are going to look amazing in five to seven years, but they basically give the players a ton of um, immediate security. So, like, for example, there's, like, there's players on the Braves that have signed, you know, like, eight-year, $100 million deals when obviously they're worth far more than that if they ever get to free agency. But in case their arm falls off or, you know, they tear an ACL, they're guaranteeing their family $100 million for the rest of their life. And... And that's and that's been happening all throughout baseball for a while, so that players avoid arbitration and and, and have to wait so long until they ever hit free agency. Because you have guys like Aaron Judge who don't hit free agency until they're thirty years old because it takes so long for them to get through the minors and whatnot. And I agree. I think that's something that basketball is going to have to look at. It also might inevitably lead to where to where to where some people believe like the NBA should go, which is to not have a draft and to basically have you know a not a free market, but some type of, you know, players just being able to sign with guys after they play in college or whatever. And there's, so you wanted to go back. So you needed to go back to the way it was originally um, before, before the first lockout, the Garnett lockout, which basically was when you was a rookie, you negotiated your own deal from then. And you was locked in six, seven, eight years. I don't remember that. Yeah, remember Big Yeah, that was like the Kevin Big Garnett deal, deal, right? Yeah, yeah, but before that, no, no, before before Kevin Garnett got the one twenty, like remember when um Glenn Robinson came out, he asked for a hundred million dollars. I think he got sixty four million for eight years from the Bucks. That was him negotiating his rookie contract. That's funny. I I always remembered, uh, at least in my mind, that basketball always had the. Uh, the rookie salary, but I guess I, you know, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was young. <laughs> yeah, like so. Yeah, I'm a, as I said, I'm a little bit older. I'm a geezer, right? But <laughs> they used to, the teams used to control the player for like seven years, seven, eight years. So now, when you finally go to free agency, you already in your prime. You get that one more move, and then your career's over. So when they shortened it to five, which was really what people forget is first round picks are only guaranteed two years. Years three, four, and five are player options, team options. And the fifth year is the qualifying, which gets replaced once you get the rookie extension. So it's weird. You need a real capologist. Um you know, I was talking with uh, Pence because he's great with this stuff behind the scenes, and I just was asking questions. You know what and, a big thing, too, is going to be is even, like, when you're competitive, you're going to have to hold on to your draft picks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. why I – that's what I was alluding to with Sam. Like, you need to keep these two. You don't need to package any one of them. If you're a smart GM – and you're looking at the lay of the land. If you wait and keep these young dudes that probably going to get $2 million. So you can get two talents for $4 million and whatever you negotiate with the 51st. 
and now that's basically one vet. Right. Are you you're crazy not to do that? It does because now you control this dude for four. You control these dudes for four years, and you can still bring in other talent. Yep. And boy, do we need it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's a really I don't really understand it, and it I, I, like yeah I think I think it's a bizarre deal generally, and I don't I don't. I don't really get it. I think the aprons are going to look, I mean, what's either going to happen is that is the cap is the, like, you know, the, the second apron or whatever they call it for the luxury tax. So if that's kicks in at one. Right. Yeah. It, and, and, but so it's, I think it's going to be the thing where either te- look like teams are going to ignore it and they're going to find ways to get around it. Like, I mean, look, there's, there's really big penalties for beyond the actual like you know paying the luxury tax but there's the the you know you can't trade out your future picks you can't and get buyout the, market you can't hit the buyout market you can't use the tax level at, at like you can't use like the mid-level exceptions so Wait, what, was, what was the pick part of it you so can't you, trade i forgot how far out it is but you basically seven, seven years so how seven many, years so out ba- yeah. basically the phoenix trade wouldn't have been able to happen. Yeah, it wouldn't have been able to happen. If you're over the if you're over that line, no. you can't. Yeah. If they, no, if it was implemented this year, Kevin Kevin Durant would still be a net. Yeah, so but, oh, and oh, you also can't aggregate salaries if you're in the luxury tax. Yeah, meaning Jeez, so I I don't understand this. <laughs> so here's the here's the kicker for me about it is that right? Like I believe Golden State and the Clippers are over two hundred million. You're doomed. It's making you be able to what you go into after the draft and free agency, that's all you can do. Because also remember, if you use a sign and trade, you tapped out. And I think that's that part I didn't understand why they're doing that to teams that have cap space. I should be able to do a sign and trade and not be capped out. I have to look at that part a little bit more. It, I mean, it's definitely going to limit player movement as well. Oh yeah, play empowerment is over now. You know, I'm I, look. I, to me, it seems that they're just striving for parity, and I'm not sure parity is good for the NBA. But we'll see. it is. It is. Stars going to be stars, right? So the NBA sells on the stars. That doesn't always mean the stars win. Right. I mean, it's like the casual fan. I don't know if they're tuning in for this version of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, mean, they love, I mean, look, they love super. I mean, the ratings were were always great with those, you know, Warriors, Cavs finals of the Lakers, Celtics finals with those super teams. But like, we're the diehards, you know. Yeah, like we're going to be there no matter what. Think about the Eastern Conference finals, right? Jimmy and them was like the highest rated them game set. Miami's not a sexy team. No, they're not. Yo, basketball is good basketball. It don't matter. You want to see? You want to see the the buzzer beater? I don't know who's gonna win going down to the buzzer. That's what make March Madness so so beautiful. So that's how. Okay. Instead of having six contenders, you're now saying, okay, owners, hire the right GMs. GMs. You, when you bet on this player, it better work. Yeah, I just think I, the, 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 the part of it that I had the biggest issue with was I think that 
if you are signing back your own guys because you drafted well, there should be some type of percentage that's just not that that's not counted towards right. the cap. Right, maybe it's because, like a 50 cents on the dollar. Yeah, because to... you're basically getting penalized for drafting well. Like, it's BS. Like, it's it, it's 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 ridiculous. And so that, that's where I don't really understand everything that happened there. Obviously, no one it, no one's obviously going to go 10 for 10 drafting, and so this issue may not really come up. But it's just but kind it's... of stupid that, like, the Celtics, for example, have drafted, you know, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Time Lord, like it's it's kind of crazy to be penalized for having four guys that you did well drafting and you know uh, bringing up. But see, my yeah. my issue is this. So I agree with you, Sam. My only caveat to it is: so is everybody a max player once their rookie deal is over? That's the issue. So we we've seen where dude, you knew shit and you got the max. I'll use what's my man, Bazemore. He shouldn't have got that max, but because it was money available and he was a free agent, they gave the max. Mozgov got the max. Like, you know, we're going from that era to this era. So that's why I say, like, it's now really evaluating a talent. You won't see people overpay. So even if it's your own talent, they might be a borderline max guy. Before they would have got the max. Ah, it's okay to say, yo, you're not a 35, you're a 27. Yep. R- right. So they're actually, there's going to be like actual like negotiating now. Yeah. As opposed to I'm up, I'm due for a contract, you can't and afford I'm getting the max. No, that's yeah. a good point. I agree. That that to me is a good part of it. But that's uh, bad. It's bad for the players. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's another reason why it's bad for the players. Oh, but you see, the issue with that is remember, the players voted on this. Yeah, there has with to be the, something we're missing that they, no. they like. What was the concession the players got? The licensing that seems to be like the only concession they got. Yeah, because they, you know, they 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 share um revenue, but they wasn't sharing part of the licensing. Look, so I think that, they also they're all making so much money that I think they really wanted to avoid any the lockout. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they're, I mean, the league is making. I mean, all the players are making so much freaking money. I mean, they're. I'm sure that the players are looking around in like other leagues, and they're probably like, "How is it possible that you know, uh, or football players, or even some of the baseball guys are looking at like the amount of guaranteed money that some of these guys are getting who have like really done nothing in the league? It's it's pretty crazy." Well, Sam, I will say this because we've been going in it, and then. You know, people listening will forget without what we're here for. So I guess Eve's a jump in when he jumps in. Yep. But she'll start us off. All right. So I wanted to do this in kind of a narrative way, similar to the way Bam did it. So it's my turn to do our mock off season. If you haven't listened to the first two, you definitely should. Bam and Kool Aid did a great job doing theirs. We're basically doing what we would like to see uh, happen. And so I happen to be up today. And so the first thing that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of fast forward to to draft day. All we're, we're all hanging out together, and we get a we get a massive Woj bomb, and it's one that we thought was kind of possible, even though in the days before the the draft, we kept on hearing, you know, the Nets are definitely holding on to Bridges. The Nets are definitely holding on to Bridges. He they see him as a core guy. They're trying to win this year. But we kind of in the back of our mind have that pit in our stomach the same way 
that uh, people did about you know Woj saying that KD wasn't going to get traded or that Harden was going wasn't going to get traded. And we're like, ah, uh, you know, fool me once, shame on you. What did George Bush say? Fool me twice. Yeah, you know, whatever. And so, um, so we get a so we get a notification that says Mikael Bridges has been traded to the Trailblazers. And so we're all thinking, okay, like we know what this deal is going to be. All right, like we, we know this. Simons is coming to the Nets, whatever. But then it says there's a third team involved because also going to the Bla- also going to the Blazers in the trade is Gary Harris to give – basically for salary purposes and to give another vet and someone who can actually play defense on the Blazers. And then we find out that Anthony Simons is going to the Magic. They've been in need of uh, – they've been in need of some guards – they might. They're still going to be able to have money to get um, to get Van Vliet, assuming that they let some other guys go and clear some space. But they've wanted another guard, and they have had two guards on their roster, or a couple guards on the roster that have kind of worked out, but not really. And over then in the Blazers, and then sending over to the Nets, Shaden Sharp, the number three pick, which the Nets are doing this deal, assuming that Scoot Henderson is available. So you have Shane Sharp and Scoot coming the Nets way. And then the Nets are also getting uh, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. And they're getting a protected first round pick um, from, the, uh, from the Magic as well. Uh, along, sorry, along with, two, along with two seconds. All right. So, All right. Let me just make sure I got it, okay? Yep. So three, tra- three team trade, Nets. Blazers magic. The Nets are sending out Bridges. Yep. In return, they get Sharp, the number three pick, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, a future protected first from the Magic in two seconds. Yep. And okay. Simons goes to the Magic. Yep. Right. Okay. And Gary Harris to the Blazers. All right. So that. So that. So that happens. So the Nets just added a bunch of guys um, to the roster. Then the draft happens. Scoot's already there. Scoot's wearing the Blazers hat, but everyone's like, we all know he's not going to be a Blazer. It's that part of the draft that is beyond archaic and is maybe the most irritating part of the draft where trades happen, but they're not official until whatever it is, a day later and whatnot. So so now everyone's thinking, all right, the youth movement is clearly on within Brooklyn. This Bridges thing lasted 25 games. It was really fun, but, you know, it's over. Um and the Nets basically decide, all right, we're going for we're going for more we're, we're going for more youth. And the Nets uh, draft uh, Gigi Jackson, who from South Carolina, who is who's protected to be like that would have been the number one player in college this coming year. Very raw. Kool Aid can talk more about him when he when he does the analysis of this trade. Um, and the Nets also draft Jet Howard from Michigan. Um, because they they're gonna need some they're gonna need some uh, some trades with the other trades that they have coming up. Uh, or they're gonna need some shooting with some of the trades that they have coming up. Besides that, all right. So that's the so so that's that that's draft day. Now you got a day a day or two later, you get another you get another weird trade that you find out that uh, that Spencer Dinwiddie's been traded, and. And, you know, with everything going on with the Grizzlies, they may need another guard. It seemed like they lacked scoring in the playoffs. They were having trouble against that Lakers defense the entire time. And so the Grizzlies um, are getting Dinwiddie because they also don't know what's going to happen with Tyus Jones uh, later on. 
and they're trading to the Nets a future first, Luke Kennard and David Roddy. So the Nets get a little bit of the Nets get some body. They get off Dinwiddie, who has two years left. Kennard has three years left. So I'm 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 just I'm not as focused on free agency. So you guys will be able to tell. I don't really believe in NBA free agency anymore. Uh, if the Nets want to get guys, they'll be able to via trade and draft picks and whatnot. And Roddy showed something in the in the in the playoffs. Do you guys have that trade done? Yes. Okay. Now, the other the, the, now the the other big thing is everyone's wondering. All right, Claxton's got a year left. Like, what's the like? What's the deal with him? Is he going to stay on this team? Is are the Nets really willing to pay him $20 million? And Sean Marks quickly tells you the same way that he didn't really seem like he wanted to, uh, like he didn't want to pay Jared Allen big money. He doesn't want to put, pay Claxton real money. He, he thinks that he can draft somebody. Um, and so Claxton goes to the Golden State Warriors to give them some more, to give them another big guy that can run the floor. And the Nets are getting... Patrick Baldwin Jr. and then the big prize is Jonathan Kaminga. So the the the, the Warriors decide, you know, we're going to keep the youth going, but at the same time, we want someone who can actually impact games right now. Kaminga's attitude wasn't great. Um, they might think that they're they're able to get more, but they quickly see that he's pretty raw and he can't be the focal point of a huge deal anymore, like they thought he could. All right. Last trade that happens. Oh, and I, I guess I should also say the Nets are letting Seth Curry go via free agency. Um, they're also letting David Duke Jr. go, which I think they can do like by basically like cutting him, and I think it's like twenty eight thousand dollars against the cap. It's something like incredibly small, um, just to just to get some roster space. And then the next trade that happens is now it's like about July first, July second, July third. And it's like, all right, one of the twins is already gone. What are we going to do with the with this other twin? And the Nets are quickly like, know what? We're we're out of the twin business. And the Nets decide that they're doing a version of, and it's it's hard to map out right now on the trade machine, which I'm sure you guys saw because of restricted free agency and how much money they're going to get. And the Nets basically decide, know what? We we uh, we think that we know what Cam Johnson is going to be. And we think that he's like a decent scorer who can who can play some defense, but we don't see his peak getting that much higher. So let's go for some amount of upside that maybe we can flip later. And so the Nets decide they're going to give to the Hawks who are in desperate need of, of shooting. They're going to uh, trade for Cam Johnson and Joe, uh, and Joe Harris, and they're going to get off the John Collins deal, and they're going to also trade DeAndre Hunter, who's made – who, who also has a ton of money, has had a hard time staying healthy. The Nets may need to give one of their um, future picks involved in that deal and that highly protected just because of where Harris is at. But the Hawks can also get off them the Joe Harris money after this year. The Nets are obviously taking on more money. Um, and so we have a lot in and a lot out. The Nets are basically going with the youth movement, but keeping Simmons. They're keeping uh, DFS and Royce because they, those are two guys that they are vets in the locker room that they, that also may have more um, value as, as Kool-Aid has said in previous podcasts at the deadline. Um, so DFS and, and uh, so DFS stays, sorry. Uh, uh, 
yeah, yeah, DFS and Royce stay along with Ben Simmons. You're bringing in Shaden Sharp. You're bringing in Scoot Henderson. You're bringing in Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. You're bringing in Jonathan Kaminga and Patrick Baldwin Jr. You also brought Gigi Jackson and Jed Howard via draft. You're bringing in Luke Kennard and David Roddy. And then you thought I was done. We're doing one more incredibly little trade, which is decide, you know what, we like, we're, we're losing Van Vliet. We have no scoring. Our team was kind of a disaster. Let's like, we, we need some type of guard that can score. We might be losing Gary Trent in free agency um, in a year or so, or possibly this year, I believe. And so they decide, you know what, let's, let's wipe our hands clean of Precious Achua and we get a Cam Thomas and Dayron Sharp trade for Precious Achua. The Nets get a big who can shoot, another big body. Both, both guys are young. Both guys could probably use a different situation. And Sean Marks is, gets to restart, and he basically thinks that getting all of these young guys is his way of, uh, of giving himself also some more, some more years. So that's it. Clay, before we do anything, can you talk about the two draft picks? Uh, uh, I guess the three draft picks. Three, yeah. I mean, we, okay. we all know we all know mostly about Scoop, but really more GG and Jet. Okay, so with Jet, what scares me with him, he's more of a specialist. Um, he's a shooter. He, you know, he don't really create for himself. So he's like Joe Harris, but six eight. Um. You know, a little bit more athletic, of course. Um, but he can't create for himself. He's not going to really drive to the basket. He's more catch and shoot, down screens, flares, staggers. So I'm a little bit scared of just getting specialist again. Um, with with Gigi, that that young man's potential is off the chain. Like people are upset about his maturity but he was 17 years old in college. He doesn't turn 19 until sometime in December. So he has, he, he's, you know, he's impressionable. He's going to need an adult in the room to hold his hand for a second. And, that, and that's with any 18-year-old. So his talent, the man, can, the man can shoot. He takes contested jumpers. But like I said, he's 17 years old, 18 years old. That once you once you get him in the NBA system, look for him to give you a lot of flashes, and he can play D if he chooses to, you know. But you'll see the blessings of him year two. He'll he'll show you enough flashes in year one that it, you know that's if they allow him to play and make the mistakes. I was that's gonna ask, is he, a G, is he a G League candidate? No, no. Because to me, if you put him in the G League. He's going to dominate, and then what is he getting out of that? You have to let these kids – if you're wasting a first-round pick, let them play, especially if you're going the youth route the way Sam the way Sam did the roster. You might as well let them play. You make all the mistakes in order for him to, to you know, to speed up his process. Gotcha. And who was the other pick? That was just them two, right? And, and then Scoot. Yeah, we all know about Scoot. <laughs> so I'll say what you did I and I appreciate was not just taking the the easy path of direct trades with the Blazers and Houston. We we've kind of discussed that. If you're a Nets fan like us Oh, I just want to say I just want to say 
the Celtics hired Sam Cassell. Oh wow! Okay, good for Sam. Um, yeah. You know, so it's been like the talk of Nets, Twitter, the Rockets, the Blazers. We've discussed it, so I appreciate getting a, a different iteration of it. Um, I want to go move by move, but I, as we were just talking, I was just kind of writing down the whole roster that would be left, and it's filled with. NBA players and or high NBA prospects. I mean, this would be the roster he he left them with. And this, I mean, this was what I said would be the potential starting five. You'd have Scoot, Sharp, Hunter, Ben or Collins, maybe Ben and Collins, um, and then Precious, right? That would be your five, I guess. But even then off the bench, you still have Anthony, Suggs, Whoever doesn't start between Collins and Ben, Royce, DFS, Kaminga. Then you've got the rookies. Uh, Mills would still be there. He's not going to be in the rotation. Uh, I don't know much about Pat Baldwin Jr. Um, but it's it's look, the team would certainly take a step back. But I think even just let's start with the first move. We're only giving up bridges, right? We get back three. We get back sharp. And then we get two more point guards back, or I guess a combo guard and a point guard and Anthony and Suggs. So it leaves us with heavy ball handling, especially knowing that Spencer's out. So I'm trying to see like what the Magic are getting back here. They get Simons, right? So they were looking for a point guard. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think this is realistic too in the sense that we're not getting uh, Sharp, we're not getting Scoot, we're not getting Simons, all and all these picks that some Net fans think that they're getting. It's a reasonable return where nobody gets gutted, um, either the Magic or the Blazers. Cool, I'm leaving it open for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I-, I was giving you, I was giving you your space. Yeah. Uh-huh. This one. I'm just like wow for the first for the fact we have no centers. Yeah, that was that was the first. That, <laughs> that, 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 that I've been saying the, that. I've been saying that the whole time. So he left yeah. us with no centers. Yeah, like, so that like certainly none. this was not a win now trade, and they will be cobbling and minimizing, you know, taking oh. minimal players at the center spot. Um, so like when you said Jet Howard, I, I don't know anything about him. I know six, Gigi. Eight, six eight shooting guards going forward. Right. So, but basically, I think Sam's point was it doesn't matter about the positional value anymore. Once we head down this path, this is about you talent, need, talent, you, talent acquisition. You still need a center, no matter what. Yeah, you they still, would have to sign somebody, somebody on like a minimum, a vet, you know, that can hold down the spot. My issue with this with the with the roster is that you have Scoot, right? You have Cole Anthony, you have Suggs, you have Sharp, um, you have Kaminga, you have Baldwin, Royce, DFS, and Ben. Right? When you start looking at that, it becomes oh, and you got Rowdy. Uh, what's the guy? Luke Kennard. I don't uh, think. Oh, I forgot about Kennard. Yeah. I don't think we need to add Kennard, 
I don't know if you did that maybe for salary. Yeah, that but, big, yeah. yeah, so because Memphis okay. is over the cap. Okay. Um so in that it's we have too much now. Meaning it's the youth movement and some of these dudes overlap and they're gonna lose minutes that they were getting. Right. So so in a sense of like a Kaminga, he might not get the you know, he's gonna play but he might be in the same position he was at Golden State. Like, well, I, think, I think the thing would be in, in a scenario like this, you're you're eventually moving on from Kennard, Royce, and DFS. Maybe not to start the season. You know, you're bringing them into camp to give you a little more veterans around the youth to try to and hold see, we down. took, But we, we're over the cap team now with, with what he did, and we didn't get draft picks. So we're worse than when we started. Well, no, he got he got a future first in the that's in, in two seconds. He got that's, right, but he and he also got a future first in the Dinwiddie trade. Okay, so, okay, so this is how I look at it. When you so we kept Ben, right? Ben is at thirty seven. Um, we took Collins. He's at twenty five. Um, DFS is at what fourteen fifteen. Suggs is probably in that same area because he was like a top five pick. So Suggs, got, makes, like, Suggs makes nine, I think. He, yeah, definitely, so, he definitely got us under the luxury tax, though. We, I, no, that's why. That's why I'm going yeah. through the going through the numbers. Like Cole Anthony don't make nothing. I know he don't make nothing. Canard yeah. nah. makes about the same as Joe Harris. That eighteen to twenty somewhere. No, Canard is less. He's I think fifteen. Okay, well he signed sixty four, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, don't mind me because I'm trying to remember this. I'm re- I'm recalling this just from hearing. I didn't no, write yeah, no, no, I got you. <laughs> no, it's also, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just do it for you, Clay. In, in the in the in the Bridges trade, he sends out Bridges back. He's getting all rookie salary players back. So that now, is... now for me, I think Simons like because he's under contract. He has the same contract as Bridges, basically. At twenty three million dollars, I think you can get more for him than than what we got. But I'm gonna stick with what, what what Sam did. Um, the one thing you won't be able to say, we should always be running. We should be a gritty defensive team. That's that's because now we have the athletes and young players, where you're almost doing a platoon subbing. We just still don't have – well, Scooter's the star. I don't know who his running mate is. Right. You'd be looking at Sharp, Kaminga. Yeah. Yo, no, I, I'm, I'm – I'm, I would say Sharp is his running mate as a natural offensive player. And then Collins would be the third – the third – the third wheel on that. Or maybe even um, – I'm not counting. DeAndre Hunter, I think, is – Got about like him. to me, DeAndre Hunter is every good, bit as good as Cam Johnson. He's just less reliable to stay healthy and play. I actually really like that trade because now again, this does take on long term money with Collins and Hunter. Um, but I think you're getting two starting caliber players. And again, now this is what we were talking about before, though. You you don't know how. 
this new CBA will affect are like would Collins be movable again in a year? Would DeAndre Hunter be movable again in another year? And I and I think what San, I think the best thing that San did here was didn't do this where like the Nets just got like everything. And I think that's and I'm that's like kind of how I've almost been like liquidate this. You can get all these things. It's it's probably not realistic. And a trade for Bridges and Cam Johnson would probably look more like this, or and even like what he did with Claxton. He gets back Kaminga. Um, and Baldwin Jr., like, I had them getting, like, you know, picks back that are potentially high lottery picks. But That's you prob- could pay Claxton in this lineup. You can. Well, he got rid of them. I'm just saying. But, but I think no, this is I'm almost a definitely- sobering view of the blow it up roster in some ways. Because but where I-, I like the roster, I'm also like, man, this team's not good. <laughs> like, Scoot better can play at the rookie of the year level. Um, or, you know, we're kind of in for it. And then, you you know, you are relying on a lot of pieces to come together. Well, I look at it this way. I, I'm just like, if we're going to blow it up to this degree, I want more to show for it. Meaning, I, I would have kept Clax, and we know how I feel about centers. I would have just let him play it out because you could have did the sign of trade at any time after that. And he might not reach the money he think he's going to get because of the new CBA. Yeah, I think um, the Clax package of Baldwin and Kaminga is something I'd be more apt to do for somebody like DFS, um, who's a little but, bit older and has less upside for us. But that also may be like a realistic pack. Like, is it no, realistic? No. So, so realistic, like I'm going to break down the trades. Realistic, I think getting Simon Sharp in the third pick is great for Bridges. Because what you look at is you got a player in Scoot at three that would have been a number one pick. So that alone tells me he's worth three picks. You see what I'm saying? Right. Sharp. It, Sharp probably gets you two picks. That's five. Simon's probably get you two picks too. So right. You, where, you, and he, he essentially fit, flips Simon's yeah. for Suggs, oh, no, Anthony, the two seconds and the future one. But see, for me, I wouldn't have even flipped him. Like when I did it, I kept him because you know one thing about him? He's shooting almost 50, 40, 90 and averaging 20 plus. So you still need a you still need a scorer like that you know NBA he came and he can score. Um Suggs, I'm not you know what it is? I'm not a fan of him. I don't I think he's overrated and he doesn't have one skill that jumps out that says to me. It's just to me that it's like, mm. and I watched him at Gonzaga. I'm just like, mm. Cole Anthony, I like. I don't know why I like him, but he just got that, uh, that competitive juice in him. I think and he's I just, a, I think he's a great backup point guard. Yeah, yeah. So I can get behind him. I'm just looking at it that if I'm giving them Simons, not just, not just them two players. For first of all. But well, you have the to consider mark- also, though, like in his iteration, the Blazers are looking for something back too. So Simons helps get Harris to them from the Magic, and the Nets get compensated for it. Mm. I, I I guess my biggest criticism I, now that I'm looking at it again, 
I don't like, I said I like the Hulk trade. I don't like that one. Just because I've got, I think, two or three years left on John Collins and Hunter's got a lot of money due. I think almost there, I'd probably just would either, I'd either look to move Cam Johnson in a more cap clearing move or I'm just bringing him back myself. Like, I can almost get him for less than the price of Collins and Hunter. And I think he's the most reliable one of the three. So, like, if I could have Scoot, Sharp, Cam Johnson, Ben as my first four with, uh, you know, the likes of Kaminga and Anthony and the rookies and Kennard, I got a good team, a team that can at least compete and be respectable while they kind of continue. You know, this, 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 you, you, Sam would almost need a part two here, which he's not afforded to say, all right, it's uh, now February and you're nine games below 500. Now, what do you do? Because there's so many bodies here, he'd have to continue yeah. to clear you, house. So you this is like to... the first step of the wrecking ball. Yeah, then that's why I was saying it. Like you, you, you summed that up beautifully. That's why I was like, hey, it's too much of the same stuff. Yeah, like he he would need more time. But look, and but that's a realistic way. Sometimes blowing your roster up can go, where you're not always going to get perfect fits and be left well, with. And I think looks like I always. In my head, I imagine these blow-ups where I'm like, I got my my future center, my future power forward. It probably won't be that easy, right? Like, it, this isn't 2K. It know? never's that easy. It's right. Never. So, it, he almost – I think Sam painted a good portrait of if the Nets want to go this blow-up route, don't just expect they're going to have sexy players like uh, Scoot at every position. It's probably going to look – Something like this, where I'm like, oh yeah, they got fucking Canard too still, and Royce oh, no, they're going to take DFS for the blow up. I think that they do take money, right? I, but I don't think they take a Canard money. I think that they take a, a Hunter money, yeah, because you're looking at the upside from him. Right, he still has upside left. I don't think Canard has upside left. Um, yeah, Canard would be a team, a player, just like. D, uh, Royce and DFS would be. He almost did similar to what I did because he also I left room for, okay, at the trade deadline, but you still would have at least seven players of your nucleus. Like they're gonna be here no matter what. Yeah, like the 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 the, the untouchables moving yeah. forward would be Scoot, Sharp, probably Precious. Nah. Maybe like I think Anthony and and Kaminga that would be like the real and 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 then the two guys he drafted would be like the the core moving forward. But see, that's the issue. So Kaminga should be part of that untouchable, right? But then that means you're starting him. So it becomes a little hazy when you have because now we have a, a overload of twos and threes. Yeah. And then you still got the vets. So now DFS and Royce not going to play at all? Yeah, so again, like, you know, he, <laughs> he's – right. So there's going to be some unhappy campers. But, again, but again, this is kind of – you're not going to rip up – like the Nets were – both they were contending for a championship six months ago. They started the process of breaking that down. And, like, if, you, if the Nets go another – step in like moving bridges and Johnson and clacks. That's almost part two of the teardown. And the third part would be like 
this is the dust has settled with the roster that Sam gave us, and now you have to start. Okay, so you, you know, know more meticulously fellas? saying, okay, this situation presented itself. Um, you know, we have Scoot and Sharp. Now we have a chance to get. Uh, you know, a, a young power forward we really like. So now we're moving some of our picks and DFS and, you know, Royce for that. Uh, and maybe a three-team deal. So he leaves himself with plenty of maneuverability. He he didn't he didn't lose lose any picks. He got more. No, you know what it is? He only gave us one version. We you know, we both gave the keep it the same tweaks. He gave us the full on. I'm going yeah. full metal. Full metal to the floor. Sam, you're a wild boy, brother. You're I'll tell you this. It's, it's, I don't know what happened to e- I don't know what happened to Eves, but he, Eves would not. I already can tell you what Eves would be saying. He'd say, I, I, why are we doing this, man? So, <laughs> so. Well, he kept Ben. He kept Ben. So he did he keep might Ben. Not, he might not say that. He kept ben. Look, th- this is a. No, so this is reality no, this is check perfect. what it may look like. If they you know why this is perfect? Route. Because after we watch the draft, right, we can add on the part two to this now that you actually have the players. So we can say how far we came in our predictions because a lot of this stuff have, is going to happen draft night. It's not going to be wait till July to figure this out. I think this is going to be the most active draft where there's trades and everything going on in a long, long time. I think the biggest thing you're going to see moved in the NBA this offseason is forget the names and players, currency. Teams are going to try to – I think you're going to see like a handful of teams willing to take money on. That would be, you know, the few teams under the cap trying to get out of the basement. And then the teams at the top, I think you're going to see that middle try to reshuffle the deck. Yeah, and that's why I said, but it all will happen on the draft because when you move in money or the asset, which we know is the player, but player X, you want the compensation. You're going to want the draft pick that you can draft right then and there. Yeah. Let's let's bring Sam back in there. Sam, I want to know from you putting this together, brainstorming it, like what was the what was the rotation you had in mind for this this group? I mean, to be honest, I, so the the it's funny. The Ali hire actually played a role in in what I was thinking about because I think that no matter what people think about him generally, he is somebody that everyone thought was kind of a locker room um, setter, and also has worked with a lot of guards. I mean, he was just working with the Thompson twins, uh, who have spoken glowingly about him. And so I think I think having, you know, these reclamation projects like Suggs and I know right now I'm not answering your question, but having these reclamation projects like Suggs and um, and even like Cole Anthony, who's had an up and down beginning to his career, coupled with them bringing in Scoot, I think you can kind of go with some of these like three guard lineups because Suggs is incredibly defensively minded uh, focused and Scoot also people think can be a, a good defensive mind and. You also have obvious. You obviously have uh, Hunter, um, along with Collins, along with Kaminga. I basically look. I, I, to be totally frank, I wasn't thinking that much about the rotation because I agree with what both of you guys said in that there's clearly a part B to this part A, and that all depends on you know. F- first of all, there's also too many guys on the roster. A guy like Baldwin Jr. might have to get cut. 
you might have to make a Mills trade, like what um, I believe what either Kool Aid or Bam did in the previous episode, just for like a second round pick or just to, you know, just to get off him, like whatever it is. Yeah, that was like, me. Yeah, that yeah. Was me. <laughs> and, and so, and because there are just a lot of guys on the roster, but my thing was basically, I think that. Nets fans generally have been living and been this in a bit of a fantasy land of, you know, if they go the blow it out route, there's just going to be like first round picks and young talent everywhere. And I think a lot of times that's just not what happens. What ends up happening is you have a lot of weird pieces that don't totally fit together, which is even look, I mean, you have pieces that don't totally fit together on teams that are competing for a title. So it's, it's like, this is a hard thing. And basically my thing was about maximizing both talent and upside while not adding a ton of um, – while not getting them into, like, obviously the extreme luxury tax, but really seeing, like, what do they have here with certain pieces? What can this coaching staff do with certain pieces and still having picks moving forward? And honestly, if this team – if certain guys show up and they look good, it's also a way for them to increase the value of, of a lot of assets that right now are kind of down, like – Collins went from being a guy that you can get two first for to now he's being mentioned in trades for Joe Harris. I mean, um, <laughs> so, 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 you know, like things have, things have, things have changed. DeAndre Hunter was like someone who the Hawks viewed as untouchable. And now some people think he's on like one of, you know, a bottom 10, 15 deal in the NBA. I personally don't view him that way. Cause I think he's really good when he's actually healthy. And I think he's had obviously injuries and whatnot. But I think a lot of this is, you know, moving shit around. But as Bam said, I mean, Bam said something that I didn't even realize myself, which was that even after doing this, this trade or these trades, it's definitely not singular. There's there. They still have enough talent where they shouldn't be bad. Like there's no way that like this roster should be giving the Houston a top five pick in the draft next year. Well, like, I think, it, you, you know, you're, you're hoping like, you know, you're somewhere between like the 10th and, you know, 14th worst team. Right. And so, and, and while, while simultaneously like seeing what do we have here, because I, I guess basically, and this is, I could be my final thing. I, I don't know how much more you guys want to like talk about the, the trades and whatnot, but, but, I basically hit a point where I originally thought when I was doing the mock off season where I was, and this would really depress Eve, which was what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, in that I basically got to a point where I was like, you know what, is, is there a way that we can actually make a contender and not like one of these four or five contenders where, you know, they're lucky to get out of the first round, but like, really like, can they make a contender? And I looked around the league and I basically, um, and basically was like, you know what? I don't really see who these blue chip guys are that they're getting. Like if they, you know, um, shoot their entire load on, on, on Dame, like Damon Bridges isn't doing anything. Like they're not getting a Giannis in here. They're not getting a Luca in here. They're not getting a Jokic in here. They're not getting Embiid in here. And so like you hit a certain point where you're just like, all right, maybe, maybe in the next four to five years, while those guys are all having their peaks, the Nets aren't going to be in a title contention, but maybe they'll be in the next wave after this current wave of the Giannis, Jokic, Booker, uh, whoever. While, while these guys are in their to 32 range where they're going to be running the league, th- maybe this just isn't our time. And that's kind of just how I, I saw it. Because I tried to do a lot of different trades that 
got them to be contenders this coming year, and none of them really seem like they were really ones where you're getting somebody. You know, that... it, it always feels like they necessitate a second move, and there's not enough in the pouch for that. Yeah, because even if look, even if you told me tomorrow that the Nets basically gave up everything they owned and 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 more for including using future picks that they'll have on draft day and whatnot for like Lillard and Siakam or Lillard and Levine or, you know, whoever, like, I just don't think like, I, I don't know. I would be, that to me is a team that like probably wins a first round series and maybe has a tough second round series. But like, does anyone think that team is like winning a title? I like sure as hell don't. And so at, at the end of the day, I don't really care about, it's one thing to contend with young guys where you still feel like you're on the up and up, but contending for the sake of contending with guys like Lillard and Levine and Bridges, who's also like about to turn 27 to me, like I I don't, I do, I would just rather reset at that point. Like if you told me, if you told me that Giannis or Jokic or one of these guys had a ton of interest in playing in the, with the nets and there was so much smoke there, like that's one thing, but almost all of these awesome guys are locked up and I don't really see any of them going anywhere soon. I don't see Booker coming to the net soon or Shea coming to the net soon or any of Sam, these guys. Sam, you know how, you know how, so I'm, I'm with you in this, but I'm going to play devil's advocate because I, because I'm so, so aligned with what you're saying that I don't believe that one person will um make us a contender for the simple fact is, we're like two or three pieces away, and they have to be real good pieces. Yep. Um, but what I will say is, if you told me we got Dane, Valachunas, we kept our two first-round picks, and... Valachunas or Nurkic? No, Valachunas. I'll okay. take him. He's on, he's on an expiring. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Um... And you was able to keep bridges, right? You have to be able to keep bridges in that deal. Yep. Then I say we're second round exit, but if we get the right matchup, Eastern Conference Finals, right? Because, because I do believe. Yeah, like, the Grim Reapers me, here. Oh yeah, he's gonna have to wait a second. <laughs> so I do believe, like when I when we were talking our chat, I've said this numerous times. I believe the first year of which would be this year, it's you make the playoffs. You know, you, you might not win the first round, but then you get the other piece that you need that offseason, and then we're contending. Because when people say contending, they don't necessarily, you know, they say, well, they have an opportunity to win a championship. I When I say contending, I'm saying, hey, you're going to be in the second round of the playoffs. And you letting the chips fall where they may, because if you end up in the in the in the conference final, you're a contender. Even if you stop right there, you're a contender. That's fair. And I, I think also, so you know, coming off of the last era where like the expectations were championship or bust, it, it's hard to go back to like accepting like all oh, the second round. But like the Nets just haven't been in the second round for a lot of their history. You got one. You had we had one second round with the best players in the world, right? And you know, really, other than the kid era, the second round has essentially been they've been allergic to it. 
Um, but, but that's why that's why I don't like when people use the word contender. When the when those nets were put together, I'm I'm older than you guys. Uh oh. I remember very clearly. Nobody thought that was a finals team. Nobody thought. But that's. But I think we're in another era that's very much like that era where you had you had that Boston team with Walker and um and Pierce. Yeah, it's an attainable era. There's nobody like you're afraid of right now. Exactly. You you put a roster together. Except for these nuggets. And and you let them ballistically grow. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like like the Nuggets are getting murdered right now, by the way. Um for um, now. Yeah, for now. Uh, they'll, they'll get together, I think. But but point being, even the Nuggets, nobody like everyone's telling, saying that Jokic has an ill team and his team just, is so great. Like I will get down three E's, just so you know that. Uh, <laughs> that's what I get for leaving my kids and and, and coming <laughs> here and do a podcast. With <laughs> um, um, but point being, point being is you. There's eras where there is no juggernaut team. If there's a if there's a Heat, you know what I mean, LeBron Wade and and, and um and Bosch. If there's a if if there's some you know ridiculously you know a stacked team, you I, I don't think that's the way you build teams. I think the way you build teams is that you create real cohesion, you create real continuity. You let them fail together. You let them. You let them go through something together and build bonds and, and build relationships. And the people who don't fit in that, you get rid of them. And then you add. And then you add times. You keep yourself flexible so that you can be opportunistic and add and add something that fits you. It doesn't have to be another superstar. Like how long have I been saying, "Let's go get Aaron Gordon. Let's go get Aaron Gordon." How important is Aaron Gordon to this to this Denver team? Hold that, on, Eve, hold on. You missed the most important part of it. Sam, reiterate what you said for Eve. The last part? No, he didn't hear he didn't hear your building of the team. He needs to hear that so he can give his take. Yeah, give the abridged version. Just, just read him the just read him what the roster would be at the end. Yeah, the final roster, yeah. Okay, ready? Here's the here's the here's the final <laughs> roster. Get your, get your barf bag. <laughs> I can't be that bad. Eve, if you actually if you can um, uh, imagine, I actually cleared out cap space for us to re-sign Kyrie. Um. <laughs> it's a whole Kyrie Mike James team. Oh uh, no. Okay. So all right. I'll go by 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 how big the names are. So this is what the roster is going to have. It's going to have Ben Simmons. It's going to have DeAndre Hunter. It's going to have John Collins. It's going to have Scoot Henderson. It's going to have uh, Shaden Sharp. It's going to have Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. It's going to have Jonathan Kaminga and Patrick Baldwin Jr., it's going to have Precious Achua, Luke Kennard, David Roddy, Gigi Jackson, Jet Howard, two, the two other rookies, and then we're still going to have Royce and DFS. So when we go see that team play at Barclays, will we be riding on your golden unicorn? 
<laughs> or will we be in your Megazord? Like, is it? Oh, do I have to dress up like a Power Ranger? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! To dream the impossible dream, Sam. Um, like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'll wait for mine to, 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 to. I, I look. That's. I, I guess that's. <laughs> You know, Eves, here's my question for you. Is you, you why I I the way you just described team building, I agree with. But I don't understand why you feel like the Nets have to do it with some of the guys they have now. Like they 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 essentially have none of the things you talked about in terms of camaraderie and team building. Right. It doesn't really exist. So why no, but why that's call home? That... Why can't they reshape the roster this summer? And then take the route you're suggesting. No, then you wasted last year. There are things. There's things happening there. When they took their team picture, I was watching this very, very closely. They, they would. It was the first time they were taking their team picture, and it, it didn't look like something that they were trying to do and get it over with. Since Kyrie got here, it, they were taking pick team pictures and just didn't look like a team. You know, they were smiling. But it, it, they didn't look like a team. But this this time, I saw some a group laughing together. I saw a group joking together, like all all of them, every single one. And I think I think I think they learned a little bit of something. They didn't take a major step. I think they took a step. Like we're not good enough, right? This the way we are right now is not good enough. But we're still a team of strangers. We're still a team that hasn't played more than 28 days together. And so, but, but they, they have played those 28 days. So the little bit that they do have and a little bit of, of, you know, when, you know, when Royce got here to the, to the nets, you know, nobody else called them, but Ben, that was like one of the things, like, I was like, what kind of dude is this dude? That, that was one of the first things that I was like, wow, Ben, is the dude that's calling and welcoming people? What what's KD doing? And then and then another thing that happened was all of the, all of those dudes, all of the dudes that actually went to the Brooklyn Nets camp and met the kids in Brooklyn, they're they're all here still too. And okay, you, know, uh, uh, you know, Eve, stay on, stay focused. No, no, no. But that's that's this is a part of it. You're talking about guys who are willing to to do the community stuff. And do it together and be laughing and joking. Um, but know. what what do you think about this team that he ended up with? I I told you I I, I told you it's a it's fanciful. You that like I, I thought we were doing things that can happen. I, I don't I don't think that's a realistic thing. I think I think we got we hear these trade rumors. No no no. That's the, the point of the exercise is no. To... But do you remember with, what you said, Bam? It has to be realistic. No, no, no. I said you, you, you almost you want to almost forget the, the players involved and stick with the overall direction that he took, is the main focus. And and you don't like that. You don't want a team that's that's going to go backwards. No, it's not. It's I don't even think that. Maybe maybe that in talent, that's a a level team. It's just going to take Scoot a while, and most of those guys will eventually get traded by the time Scoot is gone. Um, that Scoot is good. Scoot's um, going to come in good. You know, he's not he's not going to be leading you to the playoffs. Good. I don't I don't I don't I, I don't think you can make that bet. That happened. No, I'm, I'm I not saying that. But Pablo came in good, right? That did that. 
Like, even LeBron didn't make the playoffs the first year. Carmelo did. But Carmelo played for a better team that, that, that was heading in that direction anyway. He had he had Marcus Camby on his team. Oh, wait, John I Martin on his team. Let's wait. I, I mean, I, I don't think we, we shouldn't – this shouldn't be a two-hour podcast, but I, but I just want to go through because on, on the topic of, of, of how realistic things are. So, Eve, do you, like – so, you, I mean, you, you think off the bat that the idea that the Blazers would do Scoot and Sharp for 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 bridges, you just don't even you you personally don't think the Blazers are actually interested in doing that type of deal. How fucking okay? No. That's fine. I, I mean, that, that's. <laughs> I think that's. I think it's like it's the it's a it's an abusive thing that they do to fans, and it doesn't end up hurting the team that like leaks that stuff and is trying to basically basically Portland is doing what Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers. They were like, oh, we're trying to sign him. He's not calling us back. We don't know where he is. He's We FaceTimed him. He, you know, they're praying to God that some stupid team is going to give them everything for their 40-year-old he's, quarterback. I'll, he's, I'll, I'll bet you anything he's on the Blazers. And they make and they make a win-now move. Who's that? Um, Who's that? Uh, 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 Dame is on the Blazers? Dame will be on the Blazers, and they make a win-now move. I, I don't think they could. I don't think they're going to be able to trade him. Like me and me and Cool talked about that earlier. I'm talking about what they're trying. They, they, to they do. could trade him in the East very easily. Here's, I don't think they can trade him. I don't. I think I think Kyrie I think just got said, traded. I think Kyrie Kyrie's not Kyrie's not thir- um thirty go- going to be thirty three years old. Yeah, that's but Dame's also way older. better than Kyrie. He's not way better than Kyrie. He's, He's way, way better. They're not in the same stratosphere anymore. Nah, Kyrie's a joke. Don't get me wrong. Kyrie's a joke. He, he, but they both are bad on defense. They both are just, you know, good offense. I mean, Dame had the best year of his career this year. Absolutely. That, that typically happens at 32. That's the peak of your prime. It that's goes the down end of it. That's the... That's the that's he's, the he's still the, gonna he, average twenty five plus. He was, I mean, Dame years. will Dame will absolutely Dame of course, wants to get. And he's gonna reek on defense, and he's gonna be injured, and and he's small. But, but he's but gonna lose a step so, in but, quickness. They could easily, if they want to trade Dame Lillard, there'll be no shortage of. Support. There's gonna be there's gonna be eighteen. There's gonna be a list of teams that want Dame. Uh, like the, the the idea that he can't get traded if, is if there's is a crazy. list of if there's a list of teams that want Dame. Then, then Portland is going to get what they want. They're going to get him off that team. They're uh, not trading. Schools. They should, but they're not going <laughs> they're, to. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. All right, but anyway, let's go back to the original point. Do you think the idea of – do you think it's unrealistic if if the, if, uh, the Raptors decided oh, they and, wanted – But to Sam, report? Sam, Sam, by the way, let's, just to make this clear, I, I would do that trade. Mikhail for, for number three, I would do that trade. I would say I know you would. I I would say all right. Let if if they were willing to give up number three for Mikael, I would take that. I would take that risk and take that kid, um, Scoop, and and see where we go from there. I, okay. But, okay. What do you? But at okay. the same so what, time, but me, I just think that's that's ridiculous. That the Portland is going to make that pick, or if they don't, and I it's think gonna they could be do better mess. than Mikael. And it's going to be, and if they make that pick, and they have three point guards. And a shooting guard that 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 used to play point guard is going to be a mess, and it's going to be Cronin's fault. You have to pick a direction. You have, and I think he knows that. I I really do, because even even his attempts at being good 
were half-assed. Like, I got Jeremy Grant, but what else did you do? You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's yeah, like, I just let's think, appease, I, I think let's appease them. I, look, and, look, and, I, I think it's crazy. I think it's absolutely psychotic that that Bridges has the trade value he has right now based off of like, based off of 25 games. But like he does, but like he clearly, whether it's, it's as, it's as amplified as, as the media says, I like, you're probably right. It's probably not as crazy, but what I do know is he's definitely now more valuable than OG is. And OG was someone that was going for three firsts. Like if not, if not almost more at one point. And Bridges is also, Bridges is also argued, arguably on the best contract in basketball at this point. So I do yeah, think his that Memphis trade is real. That Memphis trade is real, and it tells me that it tells me what Memphis has good basketball people, and and to give up to be willing to give up four four picks with with especially with what they got going on, they, they didn't have that going on when when it happened. But to for them to be willing to trade four picks after seeing him, you know, because. You know, after seeing a guy, if you seeing a guy, he's like, oh, he's a three and D guy. Like everybody in the NBA is a three and D guy now. Um, that's that's not special. Eve, if, special if, about this kid, and the brightest minds in basketball are seeing it. If Steph, if, if Steph Curry said to the Warriors tomorrow, I want another rim running center that can actually protect the rim because Looney doesn't really do that. All he does is block, and I'm sick of this kid's thing. Would you and, and and he's like, let's get somebody like that. Do you what do you think of Kaminga for Claxton? Kaminga for Claxton. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd have to get your center from somewhere else. Kaminga for Claxton is. All right. I, what I about? Can't. All right. What about this? I think what Cla- about Kaminga's side better? I don't like what I'm seeing. You know, the workouts like it looks like Claxton got skinnier in the offseason. Dude, like that, that was that dude. That he that looked was, like like that, a, you know like when you like you don't see like a little kid for a while and then they go from like five to seven. You're like, yeah, look at this gangly thing. That's what he looked yeah. like. Um, yeah, no. All right, I, would you? Look bad. Do, do you do you? All right. So one of the trades that I brought up because the Hawks had such a miserable shooting year this year was was Joe Harris. And um, and Cam Johnson, who has the most value of anybody in the in this deal, for John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, because Collins's deal is a, mi- a million years as is Hunter. The Hawks get off some money, but they get a but they get a better shooting team around Trey. Would you be Would you be happy with that deal? Oh, I, I that's that's the part of it that I really don't like because it's 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 a wash in. The impact in players. The players have the all of the same. Players have all the same impacts. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I initially said I like that trade. That that one, I feel like we lose that 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 trade pretty badly. It's, what, the it's Atlanta one. It, yeah. Oh, I totally, I, I totally disagree with you guys on that. I just, I don't like, like the reliability of Hunter and uh, and, and uh, Collins on long term deals. I'd rather just keep. Uh, Har- oh shit! Uh, Murray just threw it down. I'd rather just keep Cam Johnson and let Harris expire than do that one. To me, that's actually more of like if we're gonna go for it, deal. I would do something like that. Like if we made a trade for Lillard, then I would try to flip Johnson for two useful players. Yeah, not yeah. Any- I think I think I think Collins and I think Collins and Hunter. I, first of all, 
this is one thing I want to say about all getting all Hawks players. I've Kevin Herter like has done a lot of interviews recently, and the way that he talks about playing with Trey Young versus what it's like even playing with someone like De'Aaron Fox, who De'Aaron Fox is not some like unbelievable wizard at passing. I think that I think that Trey Young is basically where players like wings values go to die, and I think you get Hunter and Collins in like like in any Whoa, other situation. Murray. Murray. Sorry, we all we're all seeing the replay of the dunk. <laughs> um, but it wasn't even that crazy. It was just that he had the strength to to even though the, you know defense's hand was on the ball through that that. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, no, Car- carry you're on. Good. Sam. You're good. It hit us all. Like it hit, it hit us. It hit us all. Like our streaming is all at different speeds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. He he just had an even more impressive play coming up. Um, but anyway, I I don't I I personally don't have that much more to say. But obviously, this was my thing, and 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 uh, Kool Aid and Bam commented on it. And, and as I don't really have that much else to say. We're already at almost an hour or over hour fifteen. Um, let, obviously, let me just let me just say this one more thing about uh, like every time I every time I look at Denver, I just look at a team that. Is built right, but it's built right because they have to be patient. They're not a destination. Guys, but do don't you think? Go there. But but I, I I have to interrupt you though. Mm-hmm. See, I don't. I think this idea of like quote unquote built right mm-hmm. is like is is a fallacy in the sense that like Jokic is Jokic but what's is going to definition go- of built right. I don't think I I don't I don't think I I just don't think it's really a term that means anything anymore. I think it's something that people use about basketball. When I think a the people that get to the finals is basically a crapshoot, and I think that Jokic is basically a one of one. I think Jokic is going to end so, up going down as a top fifteen player ever, who's basically a combination of Dirk and Jason Kidd. And it, like he, if you put Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. around Joel Embiid instead of Jokic, I think those guys are not close to the players they are. I think Jokic. No, is I think Mur- have- but I think Murray is carrying Denver. I, I, so, so the part that we don't talk about, Murray's the blood. Average, no, Murray is averaging thirty in the playoffs. <laughs> Yo, that's what people fail to realize. Joker run and his game is so phenomenal. You forget that Murray's averaging thirty in the playoffs. Yeah, but that's also because I mean, Jokic also is is a primarily a distributor at the end of the game. Yeah, at but the end of the also day. also remember though, to to Murray's credit, before Joker's ascension. Murray was still putting up 30s and 50s in the in the bubble before you know right before he got hurt. No, no Murray's but, don't get me wrong. I think Murray's really good. I just think that all these guys are 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 just, Oh no, they're benefiting. They're, they're benefiting all benefiting the from the fact that that Jokic is like it's, it's who he is. Yeah. Oh, I he, wanted to say he, something to what you said Sam about building it the right way. Yep. So when I say build it in the the right way, what I mean when I'm saying that is you have to have some homegrown talent. I believe it's also a combination because even if you look at Denver, they traded for Gordon. You got to get lucky on some of these draft picks. You got to then trade for the right people and you got to have an adult in the room that that can get the best out of the players. Yeah. I don't think building it the right way. I think to so I have a building it the right way in my head. My, my definition of building it the right way is having sustainable will, winning 
having sustainable winning for a long period of time, building a team in a format that, that allows you to win and be competitive for a long time. What, what that's a dynasty then? What, what no, 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 dynasty is winning the championship two to three times. I, I, you know, you have to win it three times, but I'm just talking about being a good team for an era. You want a program, not a team. You, you know what I'm saying? I, but I, I'm, but I'm saying that's how you build it the right way. You have to get lucky. You know, anyone who's, who doesn't believe Denver, like think Denver knew that they were that when they drafted Jokic that they were drafting right. top 15 ever player. That's not correct. They probably knew they had something better than what than what they thought. But they developed that. They let him like Denver and Milwaukee did two great things. They didn't worry about one when when. He got Giannis. They didn't worry about what he couldn't do. They worried about what he was elite at, and they created. They gave him a platform to be elite at that thing, and they covered him on the things that he wasn't great. So they built a superstar. Jokic. They didn't worry. Like NBA players hate Jokic. Like <laughs> all the NBA player podcasts that I've been sick in bed watching, they they refuse to say Jokic is the best player in the league. They, they like if you say it's the stats, ah, nah, stats. If they say it's the winning, ah, it's, it's not that. That winning is not that crazy. Like you know what I mean? Like because in an NBA player's mind, a great player is this phenomenal athlete that can't be stopped. You know what I mean? It looks like something. The way Jokic plays, it doesn't look like it. Like oh, this is Jordan. Oh, this. He is looks Jordan. like a huge booger. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. It's like a slimy snot. Right. But they <laughs> built this team the right way. And when and when they got to that point where, oh, we're just the second time, they didn't panic and go, oh, you know what we need? We need to go find another superstar to put next to to put next to um um uh, uh Jokic. No, they kept Murray. They believed in Murray. They rehabbed them two years in a row. And, and one of the most incredible stories that I've heard in basketball, and, and this is the this is the part, the stuff that I'm a sucker for, is how <laughs> is how Murray was talking about when his when he blew out his knee, he said to Malone, "You're probably gonna trade me now." And he's and Malone told him, "Hell no, we're not trading you. You're you're my guy." And 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 NBA coaches have to have that now. And you have to you have to give your team a little bit more of that magic or that you know feeling you know what i'm saying like today today trey was with uh you know coach mike senior brooklyn legend you know and and him and him and my son have like this relationship that's different he plays harder because it's mike he plays he plays a different way you got to be sensible i mean sensitive excuse me with this new generation of players and to get the best out of them. And that's what they did. They, they didn't, they didn't, you know, go lusting after and coveting, you know, superstars from other teams. They added Bruce Brown. They added Jeff Green. They added guys that we threw away. Like they were nothing. Like our superstars didn't want them. The thing is, this is my last thing though. All that said, they have two superstars and that's, but no, (laughs) they do have them. And they have the best, and and, and they have the best player basketball. They didn't. They didn't. They do. They do. of course they do. But I'm, I'm before just, Murray got hurt, we was looking at him as the next. Guess what? He's he's here now. 
No, I, I, nobody, look at, don't go by what we're saying. Go by the list. He's on nobody's top yeah. 20 list. You know, part of that is just where he plays, you know. You know, I, part of it is that, but uh, again, yeah, he was like, also, he was also, he missed these guys on the ascension. That's what I'm always telling you guys. These are, well, let's, let's not spoil your, uh, well, let's not spoil your plan because you're up next. No, I'm not, I'm not giving up the plan. Everybody, matter of fact, everybody in fucking that's Twitter knows my plan, but, um, <clears throat> but, um, the point it ain't, is, it, ain't, it ain't hard to figure out the jig is up. But, everybody no, knows. I, I'm, I'm transparent, you know, I can't help myself. But, but again, like I said, uh, like I said, they never tanked. They never, they never got scared. They filled, they filled in blanks with, with, it's you know, hard to tank. that fit. It's hard they, to they tank when you got the best, best play in basketball. Yeah. I, again, a, like, that's what I keep saying. Like, you're not listening to that part. You build a platform for your teams to be successful. He's a second round pick. You know, you understand what I'm saying? The plan wasn't for him. Right, but he, the right, but he, he wasn't a second round pick last year. He's a second round right. pick like seven years ago. But, but exactly, like a lot of times we make that we go, oh, he's just a second round pick. He's gonna be this, and he and he can only get to this good. I like you guys. You guys are so prisoners of the moment that you forget the slander that they were giving him in the bubble. Like, is this? A, he's a regular season stat stuffer, and now that he's doing this, now that we're at the end of the road, like. It's the it's the yoga. Oh, you can see, but you can see that he grew from that bubble experience. Yeah, let's that bubble experience had to happen. But he had to have the bubble experience. Yeah, that's that's what Eves is saying. Let let Bridges fail this year. Let Cam Johnson fail this year. Don't change them. Add to them. Right. For me, for me, the reason why the reason why that's so hard. The reason why that reason why that's so hard to say. Is when you're getting a dude, you can do that, right? When it's your draft guy. Now we're talking about paying dudes who we're inserted that's transplanted here now, and they're going in year five of their career. Saying, okay, you're getting them when you want them. You know, no, where they have the NBA experience, where you don't have to develop them. Wait, but there's also, but I also think, I also think this is kind of, I I think this conversation is also kind of crazy because Jokic, the year of the bubble, quote unquote, whatever you want to say, was, was averaging, was averaging 2010 while shooting, uh, sorry, 2010 and seven while shooting 53% from the field and was an all-star and he was 24 years old. I mean, like Bridges had a really nice stretch for 25 you, you, games. You keep bringing up Bridges. There's no way Bridges was going to be what he's about to be in Phoenix. That's that's Booker's team. That's Aiton's team. That was CP3's team. Like he he what Bridges showed you, which is one of the things that I love about this player more, that he's has the humility and 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 the humbleness to be able to play that role and play it to the to to the nth degree, to be the very best at he, he wasn't just the three and D guy. He's the very best three and D guy in the NBA. He's he's second, you know, um, defensive player of the uh, a year. Well, no, he didn't even make all defensive team this year. So yeah, we're not going to go. But, we're not but going again, on last year. We're going on again, this year now. Uh, again, again, he's been at that. He's played defense at that level. Okay, I can Phoenix, agree with that. The whole Phoenix team has has gone. I'm I'm I like I love that award because it's a character award. It's a 
I'm going to defend the very best guy award. And now he's the type of guy that could give you 50, 40, 90. He, like, I, I think, I think, I think we value the wrong things sometimes when we're looking at players that are foundational to your team. Having a guy that's bulletproof, having a guy that has all of the intangibles of, of Mikael Bridges is an underrated asset. It, it lets you go, okay, that guy I don't have to worry about. That guy's going to bring the team together. That guy, I, I only worry that it could go to his head now, like that, that he could change and be a different good dude. That happens too. But I like what I've seen. I like what I know uh, about him. And I think everyone on this team, that like except Patty Mills, of course, I think everybody on this team could get better, and that's and that's exciting to me. Like I, I like to see puzzles put together, and and I, of course, there's going to be changes. Of course, there needs to be changes this year, next year. But see what you have. Give yourself flexibility so that you could be opportunistic. All right, you're up next. Let's go enjoy the second half of this game, boys. Pod, Pod Thorn. Thorn, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Mm. Mm. Mm.